name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Beloved sisters in Christ, pious and Orthodox Christians, <coughs> we are celebrating today the birthday, the nativity of the Most Holy Lady Theodokos, the very mother of our Lord and Savior. <coughs> and on this feast we should remind ourselves what is that great holiness will behold and how is it that this holiness came to be among men among men who are fallen from the, the race of Adam, from Adam start, starting from Adam, it is a land of uh, thorn and thistle, land of, land of passion, corruption, mortality, and death. And among these thorns and thistles blossomed this beautiful flower, which is the most holy Theotokos, so beautiful that God wanted her for himself, so that through her she, he may dwell with us. In no other human being was he well pleased so that he can accomplish this mystery of making humanity his own, assuming humanity and allowing us by this means, by his incarnation, humanity to have access, direct access to God. For now we share with God human nature, which he assumed. And through that human nature we have access to his divine nature. And among all the humans that were born, are born and will be born, this one human being was so beautiful, was so holy, so pure, so crystal so holy, that in her alone was our Savior well pleased to make her his own mother, so that through her she, he may dwell with us. Well, how is it that this was even possible? Because we see in what wickedness the world lies and that humanity had fallen from the grace in which it was created, Adam and Eve starting from them all the way to us. Well, our Savior worked tirelessly for this to happen. From generation to generation he chose special people and from them made a golden thread of lineage, of pedigree, so that from them, like from a root, not a, root, a rotten root full of sin and passion, but rather holy root would blossom a rot. And from that rod would blossom our Savior himself, the flower. Wherefore, he was the one working tirelessly, tirelessly with the humanity, so that choosing one generation after another, he would work out salvation for us. So from the sons of, of Adam, he chose <coughs> Seth. And from his uh, de descendants, he chose Noah. And from Noah's children, he chose Sam. And from Sam's Children, he saw, cho chose Abraham, and then Isaac, and Jacob, and from Jacob's children, Judah, and from Judah, David, and from David, all the way, there's a working, our Savior is tirelessly, like in a workshop, working for our salvation, choosing generation after generation of people who will be worthy of this calling. And many times, the people who were uh, foretold that they would be the, uh, the ones from whom generation would continue didn't happen because out of their own volition they fell away and our Savior chose somebody else from the, the children or even changed the generation entirely but our Savior was working for centuries for thousands of years so that in the end we would have a, a, this beautiful blossoming flower of the most holy Theotokos and she accumulated all these blessings we know that many times the elder used to repeat this, that if somebody received a great blessing in his life unexpectedly from somewhere, a great spiritual blessing, then he must have had somebody praying for him. He must have had somebody in his ancestors who became a monastic, a holy person who prayed even for his, for his kin. This, if it happens, if, we, if somebody has one 
of in, in his in his ancestors, somebody who was praying. Just imagine how many holy people the mother of God had. Generation of generation after generation of holy people, that mother of God held on to all these blessings that came to, to uh, culminated in Saints Joachim and Anna. This is how much blessings the, that generation of these two holy couple accumulated in themselves. But of course, it needs, it's not only accumulating the blessings from the answers, and one should respond to those blessings. And that is why the Holy Theodore was so special, because she held on to all these blessings. She as a person was the one who would respond to this great calling of God. For we have many other ho people who had holy ancestors, but the same, they, they themselves came out worthless. They rejected this great uh, blessing that they received from their ancestors and became, fell away from the favor of God. Not so the most holy Theotokos. She had holy ancestors, our Savior, working with them for generations, and she herself was the one who would respond, who would take hold of these blessings and make out of it the following the calling to which she was called. And what was this special, among who can enumerate the special things of the Most Holy Theotokos, but one thing that made her distinguished from her youth up, from her childhood, from, from, from she was a toddler, she was entirely God's. That was her distinguishing. That's why God loved her, because she, from her being a toddler, belonged to God. In her heart, in her mind, in her uh, understanding, no, spiritual, and she belonged to God. And we can see this from the other great feast that we celebrate of the Most Holy Theotokos, her entry into the temple. A comparison can be made of what the Holy Theotokos did at the entry of the, into the temple, and what we know children usually do. That we know that they're attracted to somebody. Even when they, have, they don't have consciousness, especially if it's, it's, it's their mother or father or, ki or sibling, but it could be somebody else that they see a warmth and they, they, they feel something about that person and you can't pull them away from that person. They run and, and, and they're, they're joyous with that person. Well, who was that for the Holy Theotokos? For, for Holy Theotokos, that special one was, one was God from the beginning. She couldn't be pulled away from God. That's how special she was. Children, ordinary children, they cannot be pulled away from other people. She couldn't be pulled away from God himself. And we see this when she was taken to the temple. Three-year-old little girl, seeing the radiance and the grace pouring out from the Holy of Holies and Zacharias waiting for her there, she ran ran and couldn't be pulled away from the Holy of Holies. We see in this that she was God's right from the beginning. And that's what made her special. She responded to that calling throughout her life. And that is why she is sinless, immaculate. Not because she, was, she had no will and volition, but rather because her volition chose good before even knowing any evil. It's her volition, by her volition, she became uh, entirely God's. And that's what makes her so special. But let us speak also today of the, that blessed couple, St. Joachim and Dan. For we know we say that they had accumulated all those blessings from their ancestors, and they were barren from the beginning for a reason, St. John of Damascus says, so that they would be sanctified throughout their lives in chastity and in praying to God and in fastings, and also that the conception of the Holy Theotokos should be something of a miracle, something of God's grace working in them. 
But what that made this couple so special? Because we know throughout the Old Testament there were many barren women and uh, who couldn't have children, holy ones. I'm not saying about generally, but holy people who couldn't have children. We know St. John uh, uh, the Baptist's parents, Elizabeth and Zacharias. We know Samson's pa uh, parents, his father Manoah and his wife. We know of Samuel's uh, parents, Anna, how she prayed to her. And Abraham himself, his wife Sarah, was, was a barren. All these people were holy. What made Joachim and Anna special? And one thing distinguishing about them, beloved Christians, is that throughout their lives, they had no source of consolation except God. They had no human consolation at all in their loneliness, in her barrenness, and him not being able to have children. We see in other cases that is not the case. We see in the case of St. Zacharias and Elizabeth, that Zacharias, although his wife was barren, he still performed offices and services in the temple. That is, he was not driven out like, like Joachim. And that was a consolation for him and his wife that he was of priestly calling and he was performing services, went into the Holy of Holies and spoke with God. That is what was a consolation that in the temple he was accepted as a man of holiness and so forth. We see that Abraham, although his wife Sarah was barren, had still hopes until Isaac came that his descendants would be through Ishmael. And we know also that Manoah, his wife, saw an angel that told her that you, would, you will have a child, and she even asked that he come a second time to confirm it with, his, with her husband. So there was a big consolation there, right? And also Anna, uh, the, pro the prophetess who was mother of Samuel, the prophet, although she was barren, he knew that her husband's lineage wouldn't be uh, 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 cut off because he had another wife from whom he did have children. Therefore, there was some consolation there as well. But what of St. Joachim and Anna? They not only were barren, his gifts in the temple were rejected, beloved sisters. His gifts where he was driven out from the temple and somebody who was, whose wife was barren, then of course he was of no use for the children of Israel. Because as St. Gregory Palamas says, before our Savior's coming, when there was no hope of life eternal, people sought solace of eternal life, of continuation of themselves in children. That in children my genes will continue and so forth, and therefore there will be some solace that there is some sort of immortality there. And therefore people who did not have children were considered cursed. They considered that they were entirely uh, un without favor with God. To such an extent that St. Joachim, a righteous man, when he wanted to bring his sacrifice to the temple, the priest rejected him. Therefore, we see that in this couple, there was no consolation from anywhere. And what did they do? What does a person usually, we who are weak, when we see that there is no consolation from anywhere, we forget, we are in apathy, we are in akidia, we want to forget everything. Not so this couple. They fled to God. St. Joachim fled to the desert, and there he entreated God. Although he was rejected from the very temple, that did not deter him from having direct supplication with God and running to the desert like another Elias the prophet, in the same desert as prophet Elias, like another St. John the Baptist before St. John the Baptist, and like another great desert-dwelling father before the desert-dwelling fathers, he ran into the desert and sought one thing only, 
to be consoled by God himself. And same Anna. She didn't fall down, throw her towel and she didn't say that, uh, that that's it, it's the end of it and God has abandoned me and there is no use of anything and just to... No, she begged, persisted in her loneliness, in her solitude, in that garden. And that's where they received their consolation. That was their prize, that they were rejected by everybody, even by the temple uh, priests. And yet did they not give up. They didn't fall into hopelessness. They didn't abandon their faithfulness to God and to say, to pray and to persist and to ask consolation only from God. And that is what made them so holy, beloved Christians. That is what is distinguishing mark of this couple from other barren couples, that in their case, the only consoler for them was God himself, and what a consolation they received. To be commemorated constantly in the services of the church, ancestors of God, according to his flesh, of course. But what, look what comes when what waiting and faithfulness to God and his promises beyond human hope. When the one is not, doesn't have any hope and solace and consolation from one's kin, even from the temple itself, when one persists in faithfulness and doesn't uh, uh, give up, but rather is, is convinced in God's mercy, is convinced in God's promises and his, in his, in his God's faithfulness towards us, then God, in, in moment than one least uh, uh, expects, will overshadow us with his consolation. That is what the Holy Fathers fled to the desert for, for because they wanted to be consoled only by God. And when they were entirely given over to God's consolation, that's when angels came and ministered unto them. But if they wanted to be consoled by men, by brethren and so forth, then the angels would abstain. Because if they had consolation from men, they don't need such direct consolation from God. But when they were alone, they were entirely given over in hands of God. God himself was there to console them. This is the case of St. Joachim and this is the case of St. Anna. They were consoled by God himself. Let us take it to ourselves, beloved Christians. And also apply it to ourselves that when we have no solace, no consolation, no, I'm not talking from the world for we don't expect consolation from the world, but even from our closest ones, when we are entirely darkened by be feeling alone, abandoned, even inside the church, for the devil, the devil especially tries to feel us abandoned alone inside the church where we would expect most consolation, but not so. As Chanjokin was, was must have felt abandoned, even by his kin and even by the priests, so also we may pass through the same thing. And it is example for us, for emulation, not to give up. But rather, if whatever reason, that temptation, that great trial we're passing through, if we see in our heart that there is conscience does not accuse us that we are at fault at that uh, precise uh, uh, trial, and even if we're abandoned by everybody, we should have our faithfulness, our hope, our solace, expectation from God. That is how the saints lived. Even if they were abandoned by everybody, they put their hope and faithfulness in God, their expectation from consol of consolation from God, and in the end, he would con console them in a manner that nothing and nobody can ever console the human heart.
Some saints even didn't receive that consolation in this life. No consolation from God, yes, but never vindication that that trial would end and somehow they would receive some kind of warmth from their brothers or sisters. No, many of them died alone and without any human uh, uh, vindication. But they received great consolation in their heart and vindication in the kingdom of the heavens. Therefore, let's have St. Joachim and St. Anna as our examples that trials may happen which will sever from us even the closest, the dearest, and the place where we would think we would find peace. That's where we find turmoil in the church. Therefore, in that moment, let, let never should uh, our thoughts will also obviously cross our mind, but never we should give in into saying that I, I give up. Never. But rather to say, God is above. He is my consoler. He sees everything in his time, in the right time. He will give me consolation. And God, that consolation will be far greater than I can receive from anyone or anything. Let us therefore have this in our mind, beloved sisters, and pray to his most holy Theotokos and her parents and Joachim and Anna, ancestors of God according to his flesh, that they may guide us, they give, that they may give us inspiration through their example and also grace and strength through their prayers. Most holy Theotokos, may she save us and lead us to the heavenly kingdom. Amen.